0: Menace to Sports is brought to you by Progressive. Are you driving your car or doing laundry right now? Podcasts go best when they're bundled with another activity, like Progressive home and auto policies. They're best when bundled, too. Having these two policies together makes insurance easier and can help you save. Customers who save by switching their home and car insurance to Progressive save over $775 on average. Quote a home and car bundle today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. National average 12-month savings is $779 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary, not available in all states. Menace Nation! It's Menace Morning Time! Wake em up! Wake em up! Wake em up! Wake em up! I don't do the most, but I do a lot. Tryna hide from, hide from the camera. I'ma make a toast, cause we still alive. I ain't going outside today. No big. Didn't find, Didn't
1: find So I'm drinking on today. I feel like Pac. I'ma put up and star We gonna do a drive by in the rain. I shoot the shot. I'm coming in.
0: It It is Monday, April 18th. It is tax day. If you forgot, go download TurboTax off of Amazon. Download it right to your computer and do your taxes. It'll take you like five minutes unless you got a bunch of complicated shit Um, or file an extension. If you just had an oh shit moment, it is tax day. Do your taxes. Um, (laughs) I, I should talk. I filed an extension, so I'm not doing my taxes today, but either way. Um. Got a lot to talk about, man. A spring game was popping. Um, kind of gross weather, but 60,000 fans uh, in the horseshoe. And I did not go, but from people that went, they said it was a pretty good atmosphere considering. I mean, if you have a beautiful day, that thing's 90,000 easy. So for, for a scrimmage, for a practice. So just just let's keep this in perspective. But saw a lot of great things. Before we get to it, though, wanted to mention our this program is sponsored by Sapphire Gentleman's Club. Out in Las Vegas. So if you're going, the, the the NFL draft starts Thursday, April 28th. If you are going to be in Vegas, or if you want to go to Vegas to go watch the draft, I'm telling you, it's going to be a movie out there. The NFL draft in Vegas is going to be nuts. Sapphire has has a a, a NFL draft party, 75 buck entry package. If you go to their website, I, matter of fact, I'll put it on the screen for you. Ready? Let me hit the chat here. Boom. I can do it. There it is, SapphireLasVegas.com, 702-869-0003. Text that number, call that number, check out their package. They got a ton of uh, three 100-inch HD screens, this badass bar, and obviously it's a gentleman's club, so just titties walking around. It'll be big time. Um, They have all kinds of different packages for groups, whatever you want to do. It's going to be awesome. Um, And then after the draft, T.O.'s having an after party at Sapphire, so you can party with T.O., and you already know, if TO is is putting on an after party, the NFL draftees, the you know, NFL players, celebrities, they'll all be coming to his party. So go to Sapphire in Las Vegas, hang out. Um, I, I mentioned the, the the numbers on the screen, 702-869-003. Call or text that number for draft package options, options, or visit sapphire and check it out. And I still don't have an answer. If we're going, I'm hoping this week to figure it out. It's looking like no, but but I really want to I really want to do a live <laughs> show there. So I will let you know by Friday, I promise you. And if that happens, you all better fly out. Um, but Chris, we had a we, we got a bunch of other stuff. I'm gonna skip the other house housekeeping um, things that I usually mention because I want to get to the spring game. Talk to me. What do, what do we want to talk about?
1: Well, Zach, this is a great time of the year for me because as someone like you know, I'm an absolute nut when it comes to college football. I watch as many spring games as I can. I try to compile stuff. I pay close attention to kids that Ohio State recruited and missed out on. Obviously, I pay really close attention to our team. Zach, dog, I'm ready to make some of the the, the insane statements. I'm feeling it All because right. here's what I've gathered from the spring game. Just, you know, I'm going to run down the list and you, you can comment on whatever you want. So my first thing is, the Kai Stokes kid, that kid's Malik Hooker. Like, I like at this point. Yeah, I mean that kid's, that I mean, kid's I, Malik Hooker in two years.
0: I didn't get to see his range as a post safety that much in the mm-hmm. game, but but for a freshman, I mean, he was overly impressive, and everyone's talking about him. I'll still reserve any any predictions on him because it is a spring game and and that is what gets lost in the sauce right it's a spring game the offense isn't doing isn't running their full offense the defense was insanely limited and the kid flashed though and that's what you're looking for in a spring game you're looking for a young kid to flash to show you something and i thought the safeties as a whole were by far the biggest improved group on the field on saturday because if you watch Jim Knowles' defense, and we're gonna we're gonna do a, a kind of a breakdown, we already did it—the Jim Knowles Oklahoma State defense—and that's on Patreon. If if you're a subscriber, you've already watched that video, or if you haven't, you should go. So it's ten bucks a month, and you you get all this bonus content. But we're gonna break down the OSU spring game, so we can break down his defense. Mind you, this is that was maybe ten percent of his defense. Mm-hmm. He he installed probably sixty five percent of his defense in the spring, and and only showed ten percent of it. Very very base defense, right? The Jack, as they call it, or the Leo someday, or the Viper, whatever it's gonna be called. It's right? like
1: yeah, you, you know the kid, the, the lion's gotta grow up.
0: Well, and, and you know what, Jack Sawyer looked unbelievable at it. And, and, and I'm excited to watch him this year. The growth from year one to year two for him is going to be astronomical, but it was really just a stand-up D end in four down. Most of the time, a couple times they were in three down, but it was very base vanilla defense. But what you did see from the Oklahoma state film and you saw it on Saturday was that three safety look at about eight to 10 yards where they can spin to a bunch of different coverages. And the biggest thing we saw Buckeye nation and the rest of the country, we saw guys trigger trigger. It has been since 2019 since I've seen guys trigger from a silver bullet defense. And I saw safeties from 8, 9, 10 yards making tackles for minus one. It was uh, it was so refreshing to see. Kai Stokes made two that I – or maybe more than two. It might have been three. But I saw a bunch of them coming downhill. And he, and he should
1: have had a pick six as well.
0: He absolutely should have. But I, I saw him coming downhill and making tackles at minus one yards. That's going to put a ton of pressure on the corners. Which is Jim Knowles does. I mean, he, he puts a ton of pressure on the corners. But Denzel Burke, Cameron Brown, I mean, and, and some of Jekalen Johnson, some of these young kids that look pretty good in the spring game. I think they have the personnel to do it. And so I'm excited to watch this defense as when they when they unveil the entirety right. of the Jim Knowles defense because that was phenomenal to watch. Was something triggering.
1: That's, something that's being floated around kind of terminology wise is they're playing offense on defense. And well, and that's the first his biggest time thing, you right? Saw it.
0: His biggest thing is he, he he doesn't want to play reactionary defense, right? Mm-hmm. He wants to dictate where the ball goes and what the offense does. And they're very good at it. He's very good at, at scheming guys, up, at scheming offenses up. And and the way they – I've mentioned it before. They don't have blitz patterns, right? They, 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 they have a couple things they'll do with the defensive line, and then they'll blitz a guy or two and tell him go. And then that guy will find a crease. And so the blitzes, you could break them down. They got 100 blitzes, but it's really like four. It's just mm-hmm. they they work out differently based on what the offense does. It's really really next level shit that I, I'm I'm so excited to watch, and, and the reality is what we watched Emeka Egbuka on offense was unbelievable. The the tight end position I mean G Scott looked out I mean phenomenal as, as a as a as a receiver right as a receiving tight end joe warrior looked looked, as a
1: blocker i thought he looked really good as a blocker yeah long.
0: i mean he, i never saw him block a defensive end i mean he did but but mm-hmm. not impressively but right. he's never going to be that guy he's going to be more of a movement guy maybe cut off a dn or, mm-hmm. or or crunch back okay. split zone back on the defensive end but he he doesn't need to be he he could be more of a perimeter blocker linebackers you know second level blocker and and and, and i thought joe royer looked really good i mean he, you talk really about good. an athletic guy he, again. Can't really block, but he's an athletic tight end. And yeah. so Joe's
1: got those long arms, man. And he was whiffing on a lot of blocks. Like yeah, he's, he's only 245. Things, You'd like him to be right. maybe
0: 255. And, and it's really just strength and then it's technique. Mm-hmm. I mean, tight ends, it's hard to be an on-the-line tight end. But in reality, I mean, you look at some of the tight ends we've seen from Kyle Pitts to Brock Bowers, like they're not great blockers either. No. Kyle right? can't block Brock can block. Yeah, he can block. He can mm-hmm. block. But I, I, I honestly think Royer and Brock are are similar. Um, yeah. you know, not not to overstate yeah. what we have in Columbus, but hey, someone someone's yeah.
1: gonna clip that up and just oh, well,
0: I mean Georgia's, I'm not. I'm I, just I, I, Bama fans so,
1: have been attacking us all weekend, so Georgia fans are probably up next.
0: Yeah, that's probably. So <laughs> I mean, I thought I thought you learned a lot. You learned a lot about the tight end room. They have some athletes in there. Um, Cade Stover's obviously got to be the the lead dog, the alpha there because he can block on the line. Yeah and with this this run game the other thing i thought thought about the offense was they they were very limited and and i know for a fact they've installed different run schemes it's not just stretch zone but they were very limited in the run game of what they did cj obviously looked outstanding jackson smith and jigbo look really good mm-hmm. um, um you know julian fleming not playing was a little concerning and, and he's, and he's I, injured he's banged up i know he's injured but still mm-hmm. i you, at some point, he's got to not be injured, and at he's some point, fight, he's got right. to put something on the field to go take a take a spot or compete for a spot. And if he doesn't, he's not he's going to be out. So I, mm. I'm not saying it was it was an underlying issue where he's transferring or anything like that, like a Marcus Hooker. Um, but I. The kids got to play. Yeah, you got to play exactly. football, yeah, or else you're it. not going to play. Exactly. When the when season rolls around.
1: My next thing, Jordan Hancock, out of those three freshman corners from last year's class, is going to be the first corner taken. That's my next, you know, big leap. I thought Jordan looked at, looks fantastic. Um, he looked faster than I thought he was. Real fluid. Was not as great. Was not as handy, And he was making tackles in the run game as well, which I think is something that's really important. I love Jan- Jordan Hancock. I think this year's going to be really breakout year for him
0: yeah i mean I, I thought he looked I thought he looked really good I think the, those young corners have a chance mm-hmm. to be really good they really do um the the other the the other guy that that I think was a little disappointing was Jaden Ballard he's he's not game ready yet I know ryan I mean he, yeah. he I wanted to, get I covered. Want to, mm-hmm. he got covered on every play every play he ran around he got covered and um you know he's young he's got plenty of time he's got the skill sets but I know Ryan even talked about in the post game press conference which was refreshing to hear that they really want to be six deep. I mean they don't want to be three receivers every play like they were the last two years. Mm-hmm. They want to roll six guys and they want to develop guys to become, you know, become a deeper group because we know the talent they have. Jackson Smith and Jigma, Emeka Ibuka, Marvin Harrison Jr., and then you get to a guy like Julian Fleming and then you you really need Jaden Ballard and some of those young guys to push to, you know, to to take on a role because you don't want to just wear Jackson Smith and Jigma out all year long, mm-hmm. right? You want him to play 40 plays a game, not 70. 70, you think about it. If Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson—they play seventy snaps a game. That's that's like a, almost two full games of what they should play every week. So they're playing twice as much of a season as probably they should be to have fresh legs and, and remain healthy and as explosive as they can be. So that's going to be a critical thing to watch is the development of the that second rung of receivers. Yeah, not not because they need help with receivers, but to keep those upper echelon guys healthy and fresh and explosive and dynamic.
1: And to help, I mean, I think it, it is very helpful to kind of have a change-up, quote-unquote, in that receiver room. Like, if you're used to covering Jackson Smith all game, and then all of a sudden you have to guard Ballard for a couple plays that has fresh legs, that can get open, that can that really is faster than JSN, I think that could be helpful, especially in big-time situations, and you you can get a splash play every now and again, but um, J- Jaden Ballard was a little bit behind where I thought he would be. I thought he would be um, a little bit I thought he would have progressed better at the top of his routes. I don't know if you've had a chance to really to really break it down, and study it. But he he wasn't creating separation. And the one thing me and you always talk about is can guys get open? And it didn't look like he could get open. And his hands aren't good enough for him not to get open. It's kind of the yeah. He's of not
0: he's not Michael Thomas, right? He's got to right. be built more like Devin Smith, and he's, so he's going to have to get open. That just mm-hmm. is what it is. Um, the the other interesting thing that I took away from it is uh, the guy that they told me was the next Chase Young was going to be the most dominant player. You know, since Chase Young, um, he might be a backup in Zach Harrison. Mm -hmm. I mean, you watch. He should be be a backup. Here's where I'm at
1: with this, man. Jack Sawyer is going to be the best pass rusher on this team. And Jack Sawyer in year two is going to be better than Aiden Hutchinson in year 35. Like, I I don't care. Yeah, I mean, he's been in college forever and hasn't done a damn
0: thing. That's a little dramatic. Uh, As as much as I try to bring people down to earth on Aiden Hutchinson, he's a phenomenal football player. And he was really really good.
1: I I think he's a phenomenal football player. Also, I just think that Jack Sawyer in year two is going to be that guy. And kind of the point of it is Zach Harrison should be a backup because he's not better than Jack and he's not better than JTT.
0: No, he, he's not. And and that's just the reality of it. But it, the, the the good news is Larry Johnson has always and will employ quite a rotation. And you get to third down packages. You imagine having... Tyleek Williams, or excuse me, Tylenol Williams, Zach Harrison, JTT, and Jack Sawyer is your four D linemen. Like, holy shit. And Zach Harrison needs to make some leaps and bounds in his development and needs to, you know, really maximize because he's got a crazy skill set. We just got to see him become the player he's capable of becoming. But if you have those four kids in on third down, Christ, I mean, that is four elite pass rushers. Ty- tylen- tylenol Williams is going to be, the, I, honestly, he might have been the best pass rushing D tackle last year. In the Big Ten. No, he he was, probably he was. Absolutely was. Mm-hmm. He absolutely was. I mean, you get some of those guys that Jordan Davis is and those people down in, players down in Georgia, you know, he might, they might give him a run for his money. But, but I think he'll be the best interior pass rusher next, this coming football season um, in the country. And then you put in a couple defensive ends, three defensive ends that can get after the passer. That's a dynamic third down, four, absolutely. four man rush. It really is.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and it's interesting because uh, I'm kind of, I'm, I wanted to get your thoughts on this because I saw it at one point during the game, and I know that this is one of your pet peeves. I saw Jack Sawyer drop back into coverage. Um, I know I know you hate that, but does it make sense ever to drop him into coverage like
0: for yeah, certain, oh, absolutely, certain does. situations? I, mean, I, I don't hate that. I just think they need to be well taught, and that especially mm-hmm. that stand up DN, they're obviously working that a ton because they're gonna ask him to do it a lot. It, it's it's critical in this style of defense for this reason, right? <clears throat> if that guy lines up wherever he lines up and rushes every time. It's not a big deal, right? Just put his hand on the ground and let him play D line because sure. the offense is going to account for him rushing every single snap. So he needs to drop, let's say 30% of the time so that if the offensive line is accounting for him in pass pro, they waste the guy because he drops and now they got to f- re-sort and figure out who's actually coming, right? So you have to drop him some and no different than you, you watch Uh, the national championship game and we have Stevie Miller, he drops in coverage, intercepts the quarterback and takes it back for a pick six. I mean, that's something that quarterbacks, they don't equate. Right. Mm -hmm. And so the minute a quarterback has to look at Jack Sawyer standing up and say, man, he could be a dropper. Like I got to account for him in coverage, but he also rushes more than he doesn't. It, It causes consternation for an offense. And that's what Jim Knowles deal is. He wants to, Kind of hold the hold the pen, right? Hold the marker on the whiteboard and say, no, no, no. You're not going to hold the marker. We're not going to react to you. You got to figure out what we're doing and you got to react to us. And that's right. what he does. That's what that position does for him. That's just one tool in his toolbox to make the offense question what the defense is going to do and play reactionary. Because most of the time, defenses are reactionary units, right? They line up, they play cover three, and they have to react to the routes, patterns, and they have to you know, play with vision and, and, and find find receivers, and they're reactionary. Well, Jim Knowles doesn't like that. He's like, no, 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 you're going to react to me. I'm not going to react to you. And that's one tool, a really big tool of his defense, is that stand-up DN dropping in coverage sometimes and lining up all over the place.
1: Here's my next take, Zach. This one is something that I, that I totally for a little bit. Evan Pryor is the same caliber home run hitter as Trayvon Henderson.
0: Yes, you you're you're on one today, Chris. Zach Listen, Man Evan Pryor, I I I mean Ohio State has three three NFL backs. That's mm-hmm. what we found out on Saturday night. like a-
1: Alvin Kamara, he looks like him, he okay. feels like him.
0: Okay, he he has a a different burst. than anyone else but Travion Henderson I think is going to be one of the most dynamic players to play at Ohio State I mean I think he he literally will be in the conversation like who's better Archie Eddie or him or Zeke like it's those four right and and you know no disrespect to well think
1: think about my statement it's about like same caliber home run hitter I think as as a every down back I think the stuff that Travion can do in terms of speed power and vision is better than what Evan can do in those but Evan with that crease has, has the same I'm about to house this kind of ability as Travion if the crease is there. Um, I just think Travion does a better job of finding the crease. The stuff we saw from Evan Pryor around the edge. I don't know if it's about uh, if it's about our you know our, our defense or if he's just that gifted in finding those creases. And he has that next level burst where it's like it's like a real smooth pickup of speed and it's it's kind of it's kind of cool to watch. I don't I can't remember the last running back we've had that's like Evan Pryor. Um, because I don't think we've had many guys that are that smooth. Some running backs are real herky jerky. There's no wasted movement with Evan Pryor. It's like it's like when you no, watch Daniel Tomlinson run; like he was so incredibly smooth and in hitting holes and getting around stuff. Now I'm not saying he's LT, but it's it's the, it kind of that feel when I watch him.
0: Yeah, he, he gives you so much multiplicity. I mean, the, the things they could do offensively if if they open up. Kind of Pandora's box, and mm-hmm. develop this run game with two running backs in the game, or the different styles of plays, um, some of the perimeter run stuff that they can do. I mean, just swing passes, jet sweeps, things like that. Like, just he has he has a different level of of explosion than Travion Henderson, and Travion has a very very high explosion. High line, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it's just I, I I said it right after the game <clears throat> to a couple coaches. I was like, you guys have three NFL running backs. Like, and and I, I actually told him, I said, you should study Georgia. I studied the shit out of Georgia, what they did with the three backs they had, because they have three NFL running backs and they did a great job employing all three in different roles, different scenarios. And it was really successful for them. And m- most of the time, you don't, you don't see that, right? You see a one, two punch, right? Thunder and lightning, Lendell mm-hmm. White and Reggie Bush, or, you know, whatever, Mike Weber and JK Dobbins, like a one, two punch. That third punch is usually the odd man out, but Georgia managed to employ all three. And I think that's what Ohio state has to do. Because they have three NFL running backs. And for all the people, you know, two two years ago, three years ago, whenever it was, they were calling for Tony Alford's head. Can't get a big time back. Can't recruit. You're pretty fucking lucky now. Yeah. You look at the running backs that have been in the stable since he got here and coached Ezekiel Elliott. It's been, I mean, it's been NFL, 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 NFL. I mean, just phenomenal backs. And right now he's got three of them in that room. Mm-hmm. And guess what? One of them didn't transfer. The third string guy after last year did not transfer. So now, I mean, it's not going to happen again. If he doesn't get touches and doesn't have a role in the offense, he will be gone after this fall without a doubt. But if they can find a way to utilize all three, right? Have a role for all three, whether it's going some two back or just in certain scenarios, different guys get in. If they can find a way to do that, it's, it's going to be a, a really unbelievable run game. And Tony's going to have an unbelievable group. I will say this. One thing that always happens, Right right after the spring game and a lot of people have asked that question like what what happens after the spring game what now well before the coaches go out on the road recruiting you come in and you kind of recap spring and the one thing we did every year is rank the offensive players not you know the offensive line out of it right because you're you're always gonna have all five offensive linemen but rank the offensive players one through 20 right Mm. who's the best player on offense right who's the second best player on offense and you go not one quarterback
1: through. right not quarterback
0: no I mean you 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 you'll throw the quarterback in there because like mm. and you know you're gonna play with a quarterback obviously you are yeah but and I don't think there's any doubt that CJ Stroud is probably one so it, it's it's really a moot point but you rank them one through 20 because if you look up there and you know what in the top five you have two or you know top in the top six you have three running backs you got to look at yourself and say wait a minute now are we going to put the eighth best player that we, the coaches who know mm-hmm. everything about these kids, we evaluate everything, every practice, every rep, every drill. If we think we're going to have the the fourth best player on offense sitting on the bench when the seventh best player is a receiver, he's going to be in the, on the field. Mm-hmm. You have to look at yourself and say, wait a minute. Now we're fucked up. We're stupid. That's dumb coaching. Yeah. You have a better player standing next to you when a lesser player is on the field. Now, don't get me wrong. There's there's a time for multiplicity. I mean, I'm not saying you bench the seventh best guy and he never plays at all, but that just that tells you at the end of spring, like, damn, this summer, we need to develop a two-back package. Or if you look at it, like in 20, uh, 2014, we looked at it and said, all right, I mean, Nick Vanette and Jeff Hyrman are really good. Really they're good. not better than Jalen Marshall, but mm-hmm. they're right there. So you have to... De- develop a two-tight end package and we did and we used the shit out of it because Nick Vanette deserved to play not just as a, 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 a to give Jeff Hyerman a break there's times where they both needed to be on the field and that needs to happen with the running back position also that's who your how, who
1: your top 5 skill position players Zach
0: um honestly it's who that's tough um Travion Henderson is is one um okay. Jackson Smith and Jigbus, two i will say Marvin Harrison Jr. three, um, I'll say. Ameka Egbuka four. Yeah, Mayan Williams that- five. And then, honestly, what I saw, Evan Pryor Evan six. Prior
1: six, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, and I- then,
0: and then you got to go to the tight end group. Cade Stover, I don't think is a dynamic player, but you mm. talk about importance in the run game and everything else. He might even be higher than seven. But um, and then it's just going to come down to after that. Uh, honestly, what I saw from Royer, I, I put him ahead of Julian Fleming or any of those other receivers. So, I mean, I, what I just mentioned, six players, three of them were running backs. Mm-hmm. Right? How, how do you not employ some packages with two backs? Or all three have to play. You can't have your fifth or sixth best player not get touches this year. You yeah, just no, You're right.
1: You're right. It's it's crazy because, like, there are three really good running backs, Zach, and they all have the unique skill set. Like, it's not like that, that Traven Henderson is, like, an improved version of Evan Pryor. Like, they're different. It's not like mine, Williams, and they, none of them have the same skill set. So you could put them all out there in their own packages and do something cool with them. I think the one, the two you have to get in space are obviously Evan Pryor and, uh, and Trayvon Henderson. But Evan Pryor is so unique because I think he can do a lot in the passing game as well. Like, he could do some of those things you guys did with Curtis Samuel.
0: Yeah, I just don't know his ball skills. I don't know where they are at. I mean, Curtis had really good... I mean, for Mm -hmm. a back, he had great ball skills. And then when he switched to receiver, you know, I'd say he was above average. Uh, not He didn't have great ball skills, but he was above average. And then obviously we worked on that a ton. But... I think the reality is the kind of the guy that gets lost in the sauce is probably the most violent and, and impactful player is Mayan Williams. I mean, that son of a bitch has, yeah. I've never seen him brought down by the first tackler. I Mm-mm. swear he is just Mm-mm. violent. And if you don't get pad on pad and hit him hard, he ain't going down. I've never he'll seen rip. him knocked
1: back. I've never seen him get knocked back a single time.
0: So he's, I mean, that, I'll tell you, Tony Alford is, has a, a plethora of riches, but a hell of a problem on his hands because he's got three legit backs. Like legit could start anywhere in the country right now, I, I truly believe that, and so it, it's it's a great problem, and that's that's something you didn't account for. And now I had heard Evan Pryor was having an outstanding spring and he was really coming on, but when you when you watched it on Saturday, you said, "Man, this offense!" Like I didn't walk going to the spring, I didn't expect to see Evan Pryor and go, "Holy shit!" Like they're they're even better than I thought. Like they have a whole they have another guy. You just don't expect <laughs> that because you already know about the three receivers, right? Four. Uh, I'm not. Four, if you want to count Julian Fleming, I know he was a big time recruit, but I'm not th- putting him in that yet. But you have those three big time receivers. You have the best quarterback in the country, one A or one B. You have a, a solid offensive line, which we'll get to in a minute. But I and you have you have two two legit backs. Well, we just added a third legit back, right? Mm-hmm. And now if we can just sure up this offensive line, watch out.
1: Ohio State at this point legitimately has the three best running backs in the Big Ten, which I wasn't ready to say before the spring game. But now, you know, it's overreaction season. They have the best quarterback. They have the three best receivers in the Big Ten. And that's all. I mean, this this is about as as loaded as it gets. um, But now the one room that's not loaded that we have to kind of touch on, because it is important, the O-line, the heartbeat of the team. Um, you and I weren't too stressed about them not being able to field two teams in the O-line just because you know, first of all, you you don't want to play your stars that that often. Um, and no. second of all, it's hard to get O-line depth. And third, I mean, those guys get hurt and everybody's always banged up. Um, with the O-line, what were your thoughts and, uh, and and how worried are you about, you know, a guy like Paris Johnson who maybe struggled a little bit uh, in, in his first game at left tackle?
0: Yeah, but if anybody didn't expect that, they don't know football. I mean, okay. yeah, Paris didn't have a great day, but he didn't have a, an awful day at all. And uh, I've I've read people have been critical of of him playing out there, but you gotta understand, this kid just went from guard to tackle. That's it's a, a, it's like moving from the United States to China. It's like what the fuck is this? Like, there's no one next to me over here. Like, I got this <laughs> whole empty space right here. It's entirely different. You're you're facing entirely different players. And oh, by the way, Ohio State's defensive end. They're pretty fucking good. Um, th- he won't block a better defensive end in conference the entire season than he does every single day in practice and in the spring game. So I think that was just a growing pain moment. He's still a young kid that just moved to the hardest position, right? Left tackles the hardest position on the offensive line. Mm-hmm. And I think, I, let's put it this way. I have no doubt in my mind that come season, he'll be one of the best tackles in the country. Right. No doubt in my mind. He's got the skill set. He's got the he's smart as shit. He's got the personality, a grinder. He's got the right coach. Um, there's no doubt in my mind he will be. Him and Dewan will be the best tackle tandem in the country. I believe that.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and it's and it's interesting because um, a lot of times we see offensive linemen and the way they are kind of brought in as five stars. And it's about, you know, violence and nasty, but really offensive line and tackle. It's also about getting a feel for it. And Paris maybe doesn't have the feel for it yet. But like you said, anyone that knows about football knows that that position in particular takes a little bit more time than others because it is so difficult. And he has been playing guard and he, and he hasn't been, you know, hasn't been out there as much.
0: Um, well, and it's oh. not as he's not a senior. He's not like a exactly. senior, fifth year senior that's just moving out. And he's this mm-hmm. grown man veteran. I mean, this kid, this kid was young as shit and played, played. You know, started all last year, so he's experienced. But he's still at young. Guard.
1: yeah, at guard, at guard too. And
0: mm-hmm. he's still young. And he's literally he's been a tackle for four months. Right? Mm-hmm. Let's think about that. He's been a tackle for four months. That's mm-hmm.
1: it. It's and you and know, it's not all about nastiness school. and size. It's about getting a feel no. for it. Um, it and is. again, I mean, I I'm okay with him looking okay against Jack Sawyer. Because guess how many Jack Jacksaws are out there, Zach? Oh, maybe, maybe about two.
0: maybe about two. Yeah, but I agree. But the reality is that for Ohio State to achieve what they want to achieve mm-hmm. by the end of the season, Paris Johnson has to be able to block Will Anderson, right? Or that type of player. Because if no, they no, no. want to go where they want to go, it's
1: going to be Will Anderson at the end of this tunnel.
0: Well, admit, yeah, it, it should be right. That's mm-hmm. that's what at least what everyone says at preseason right now. Yeah. Um, we'll have to wait and see how how many transfers Bama gets through the portal, but. <laughs> um you know see everyone wants cj Stroud, bryce young everyone wants to see that matchup a, re, a rematch of of two years ago everyone wants that um yep. and so i obviously but regardless of who you play if you get if you get there if you get to the rare air right if you get to the playoffs you're gonna face some elite pass rushers or else mm-hmm. that how, how they wouldn't get there exactly. so paris johnson by the end of the year and dewan jones he's we're not he's not devoid of this same conversation by the end of the year those two have to be able to block first round Dns you know Period. they're gonna they're gonna beat you once I mean it's it's football right if you you're playing against a great player you you get beat once maybe twice in a game you can't get beat six times right you got to be able to block them more than you don't when you play an elite player so mm-hmm. going against Jack Sawyer going against Zach Harrison going against JTt is gonna help his and accelerate his development on the edge at left tackle so like I said I've no I've no concern that he'll be ready come game one and then he's got a whole season to get ready for you know that that elite elite speed off the edge that you Will Anderson really is
1: the boss at the end of the battle they had to pull Will Anderson off the field because he was destroying the their, their spring game
0: I mean it, well he's I, I'll 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 step back a little bit I don't think one person can block him so i don't care who okay. you are you're gonna have to account for him and find ways to chip him and and you know use a tight end you're gonna there's a lot of things you're gonna have to do to keep contain that kid because he's ridiculous he was the best he's the best player in a defensive player in the country last year he and no one talked about him
1: nobody not if he should have been in new york and you know you know why you, you know why kate stover moved back to, to offense because at the end of this road we're not gonna have g scott and paris johnson out there trying to block will Anderson. Oh God. It's just it's just not gonna happen.
0: Well, you I mean, who knows? I I, I don't think that's that's something that those two kids couldn't do. I mean, no, I know
1: I'm just telling you what I don't want. Don't don't do that to me, bro. Don't do that to me, bro. I'm just
0: saying, I, I think if Paris you Johnson you get Paris Johnson by the end of the year, okay. you give him a little chip or or just even mm-hmm. just redirect the DN, he'll block anybody in the country. I really believe that. That's how that's you know the talent around. that I see in that kid and I know how he's getting coached. So, mm-hmm. you know, struggling a little in the spring game, I think it's kind of good. It's a little adversity, right? It just shows him what he yeah. needs to work on. I think it's I think it's outstanding for the the big picture, the overall end mm-hmm. result, right? You don't so need to, you, you don't
1: a, Did you take a trip over to the Ann Arbor boards?
0: No, no. I I, I got a bunch of screenshots sent to me, but I did not. Wild.
1: Zach, man, big talking. Oh, I want to shout out second shot, man. He he always those super stickers our way. And I appreciate the guy. Yeah, appreciate Um, it, man. Yeah, I I really do, and obviously. Hey, while you're here,
0: by the way, like the video, like and comment to try to get more people in here. And if you if you haven't subscribed, subscribe to the channel. We go live every day. We're kind of switching to a lunch show right now, trying to capitalize on the afternoon market and lunch breaks at work. But uh, it's it's a it's a ever evolving. I'm trying to get a promotion at my
1: day job, so (laughs) so I'm working a little longer. (laughs) Um, Zach, so so Michigan fans talking about you know us not tackling. Uh, was was pretty was pretty soft, and we don't look very good. And our and our receivers outside of JSN don't look good. Um, it's this is crazy to me at this point because I watched Michigan's spring game. It was terrible, as a yeah. lot of spring games are because they feel clunky. Secondly, I've looked at Michigan's roster. It's not good. They're losing a lot. They were a senior laden team last year. They lost all that, including you know Aiden Hutchinson, who was kind of their savior. Zach, that Michigan team is not going to be very good this year in terms of matching up with the elite of the elites. They're going to be a B-level team, not an A-level team. And I think deep down, like if I put every Michigan fan on a lie detector test, my mom went to Michigan. She's over there out the way, probably you know, glaring at me about this one. But if you put every Michigan fan on a lie detector test and say, heart of hearts, game on the line, death beam pointed at your house and at your family, do you think Michigan beats Ohio State? Every single one of them would say no. Every single one of them. So this is like that Twitter fingers to the next level, and and it, it's laughable at this point, especially someone judging our offense of all people, of all things, our offense after a spring game when it doesn't take an idiot to watch the Rose Bowl, when it doesn't take an idiot to look down the roster and see the offense is going to be very very good and the defense is improving. I I, I think it's, I think it's foolish and I think it's funny. And of all the of all the spring games, Michigan <laughs> terrible. Like if you watch Michigan's, I watch Georgia's, I watch Alabama's. They all look better than Michigan. We all look better than Michigan. Yeah. So that that's just my Michigan. It, it's it's foolish. Uh,
0: well, and that's know. why the, that's why the ESPN FPI all that bullshit. Michigan mm-hmm. at four or whatever. It's just, it's 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 a joke. Because yes, one hundred percent, they are going to be. They're they're going to take a step back down to reality. I'm not going to say they're going to be bad or they're they're not going to be any good, but they're going to come back to reality now. They don't have a bunch of seniors like a bunch of veterans running mm-hmm. the show on on defense specifically, but <clears throat> they can still make some waves and cause some problems. Um, I think the the other, the other big question mark that only is a conversation in Buckeye land is what is going to happen between Kyle McCord and Devin Brown?
1: Huge ramp. Like, like the, I put this in the news. Kyle McCord versus Devin Brown is going to have a huge impact, not just in Columbus, but nationally because Ryan Day has proved he's one of the best, if not the best quarterback. De- I believe he's the best quarterback developer in college football and core Dennis is getting better. Whichever one of those quarterbacks loses the battle, a you will have a quarterback ready to start on any team, in the transfer portal era, that's incredible. And b, all of a sudden, the next step for the Big Ten, if you make the wrong choice, it's bad because Zach, they're not going to get a kid in twenty twenty three. Like their next quarterback is going to be twenty twenty four, the Dylan kid.
0: Yeah, there's no doubt, and and I I don't, I don't have a problem with that. I mean, the 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 way the quarterback position trends, if they sign a kid in twenty twenty three, probably, you know, the odds are he's not going to beat out both of the two that are ahead of him today, and then he's just going to transfer anyways. You're going to lose him. It's just kind of a waste of a scholarship. I think you, the the situation they have right now, now they're going to need a backup, right? Because whoever wins this battle, Kyle McCord, Devin Brown, will be the quarterback in 2023, and the other one will be deuces out the door. So that backup, we're going to have a Justin Fields situation, a lot like we did in whatever year it was, 2019, when there was Justin Fields and then nobody, really. Chris Chugginghoff, yeah, Yeah, and, and uh, it's just it's going to be that situation where they're going to have to go to the transfer portal and find a guy. I mean, it's just the way it's going to be. Um, But that's, that's the name. That's the position, the quarterback position. That's how it's going to work from here till the end of time. And with the transfer portal and the way everything operates. So I don't have a problem with it, but I think that's, that's something to keep an eye on is the development of those two guys. Like how Corey Dennis is employing them and who honestly, who gets those snaps in game. And I think they'll rotate them, right? Obviously, if it's a it's a blowout or they get in late in a game when Ohio State is up. But the question would be, God forbid, if CJ Stroud goes down, who's the guy? Who's the guy now? Not who's we all know the conversation that's going to come up next spring. A year from now, it'll be like who's going to win the battle between the two? But my question is, at, at the not only right now, Kyle McCord definitely has the edge after talking to some people right now, but after training camp going into season, who is nuts on the line a guy had you know 2014 JT Barrett happens who's Cardale Jones which one is going in that's and that's that's going to be the debate and the topic and hopefully we don't have to find that out um this season but I mean, from what I saw in the spring game, I think they both are similar players. I was actually pretty impressed with Devin Brown being a freshman. Um, Kyle McCord definitely has the edge right now, Mm -hmm. but I was impressed with the young kid. I, I think he's got a shot to the next, you know, whatever he's got, four months, develop into a competitor for that backup role.
1: What do you think about the athleticism in Devin Brown? Because he looks I like mean, a real fluid athlete. And yeah, I he looks like a good athlete. That, that you know, you, you, you
0: deal with stereotypes, right? Like a big white guy, you're like, yeah, he can't be that good athlete. But then you watch <laughs> Trevor Lawrence run around, you're like, holy shit, that kid's a phenomenal athlete. So sneaky speed. I always, I always had that stereotype, right? Or like, like like Stephen A. Smith calling Dwayne Haskins, a runner. Like you just have that stereotype in the back of your mind. Like I bet that, that black kid playing quarterback is probably a good athlete. And then you watch Mm -hmm. Dwayne and you're like, Oh God, no, he's not.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And then you get Stephen A. Smith. Yeah. Right.
0: But, um, I thought I was really, I was impressed. Devin Brown looked like a decent athlete. I mean, he was smooth running. He moved, you know, navigated the pocket. Well, I I was impressed. I was impressed especially I'll say this, especially for a freshman, right? He's not Kyle McCord. He's not been here a whole year in the system for a year and a half. He's not Kyle McCord. He just got here mm-hmm. in January. Like I was very impressed. I think I think they got one there. And I think Kyle McCord has a chance to be a really really great one too. So it's going to be a battle. It's going to be a lot a, a battle like a Haskins versus Joe Burrow battle to find out who's going to be the guy.
1: How much do you think Devin Brown's athleticism kind of piques Ryan Day's interest? Because obviously, if Colin McCord's out there, there's not going to be a lot of quarterback run stuff. Um, He's he's more, he's less, less movement, more as your true pro pro style. But Devin Brown, I mean, he's he's a he's a basketball player, uh, like an athlete. He wants to run. He kept it a couple times. Do you think that piques Ryan Day's interest, like the same way Justin Fields did, or do you think he's ready to kind of go to that more pro style, you know? A thousand Listen, cuts like with, with he doesn't care
0: about any of that shit. He cares about who's gonna who's gonna be a Heisman trophy candidate and help them give them the best chance to win a national championship, right? It it was Dwayne Haskins in 2018, mm-hmm. it was Justin Fields in 2019, two completely different type of quarterbacks. Right. But it's just it's who's the best player and and he'll conform the offense around that player. That's what great coaches do. You don't have a system, your players dictate your system. What okay. players do you have? A lot like we talked about the running backs. Oh, mm-hmm. you're not a spread offense. If you have three great running backs, you might get under center a little more. You might might get in some two-back sets. You might put a running back in the slot and motion him in the backfield for some jet sweeps and and misdirections. Like You are what your players dictate you to be. And so whoever is better between Kyle McCord and Devin Brown will be the guy, and then the offense will be different depending on who it is. Now, the one thing of note—now, granted, CJ doesn't run much, but— what they do with C.J. Stroud can sometimes impact who the backup is, right? Mm-hmm. You look at if you have Dwayne Haskins as a starter and Justin Fields as the backup. Not that Justin can't go in and do Actually, if you would reverse it, right? We, we had a situation at Florida. Cam Newton was the starter. John mm-hmm. Brantley was the backup, right? I guess not the starter, but it was t- Tim Tebow was the starter. And then you had Cam Newton and John Brantley were f- f- vying for the backup spot. Who are you going to go with? John Brantley was a statue quarterback right? A drop back statue quarterback. He couldn't run the offense that Tebow ran. So Cam Newton, i I'll be it now with hindsight. He was, a, he was a better player, but he got the nod simply because if he goes in the game, you can run the same offense. Like Wait, you can you run that
1: everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's that like,
0: single wing quarterback run stuff that we did with Tebow mm-hmm. and John Brantley can't do that. My God, he would crumple. Yeah. And so it's the same thing in this crumble. Did I say crumble crumble? Yeah. Well, it's, it's, um, like, it's
1: like, it's like outfits. It's like, if I have an outfit and, and my black shirt matches my shoes and I spill something on it, and I need to change a black shirt. My second coolest shirt might be fucking bright orange shirt, but I'm going to go throw on my next coolest black shirt on because that's, right. what's going to match the outfit
0: because yeah. it fits right now. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're going into a new season, obviously you can transform your offense, but you're talking about a, a mid season switch. Um, you you got to go with, the if, if it's, you know, almost even, you usually will go with the guy that is, you know, kind of similar. Now, in this scenario CJ Stroud, although he is a great athlete, he's not running the ball anywhere. So, really, either one of them could be the guy. But if you really look at Justin Fields and when he was the quarterback, or, or you know, and you could pick any scenario where there's an athletic guy at quarterback, it's tough to go from that to a statue because then you're like, all the quarterback run stuff's gone. All the movement stuff is gone. He's not going to take off and get a, four, you know, break a 30 yard run for you. So, it's just, it's just a different offense.
1: Mm hmm. No, definitely, 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 definitely. Zach, I have nothing else for today's show, man. Uh, I love talking spring football. I'm going to cut up some stuff for you, obviously, and then hopefully we'll, we're able to post some stuff on YouTube talking about a couple specific plays. I'm really excited to see Kai. I'm excited about the offense, of course, and then obviously the defense needs some growing to do. Um, expect in the next week there there are going to be some transfers. Um, the talk is is being had currently as spring ends, um, and then we'll, we'll kind of get back to what that means moving forward. But Zach, you got anything else?
0: No, just uh, we 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 missed our guy Noah Tuggle my balls uh, out yeah. there in the spring game. Took the I I didn't I missed the story entirely until the spring game when they were talking about it. I was like, holy shit! The kid basically just said, hey, "I'm going to sit this semester out. I'm going to take this semester off. I'll be back in the fall to kick for you." And it's like, okay, I like, <laughs> shit, gangster, I've never heard though. that. I love ever. it. I love fucking it. gangster. Gangster. <laughs> these, so. these
1: kickers are getting bolder. I mean, we got him doing that. I mean, he feels like the the fucking Bengals kicker that went out. It just like that kind of energy is. Uh, is, is, is kind of running around kickers, but he's, I mean, he's dope. So he he can do whatever he wants. Just keep making field goals.
0: Yeah. So I, I I do want to, uh, I'm going to break down the spring game defensively. Uh, Offensively, Mm -hmm. I probably won't because it was the same, you know, vanilla shit, but I want to talk about, I want to break down the defense and kind of show, you know, a few differences that, that, that we saw in that spring game on Jim Knowles defense. And then I I probably will do a, a Georgia video kind of how they employed three backs and how it could apply to Ohio state's backfield because I, I studied it at the end of the year and I thought it was really good. And so now I want to apply it to Ohio State. So those look look out for those two videos. And like I said, as, as long as it's not demonetized, I'll put it out to the public. But if it's if it gets demonetized for some copyright bullshit, it'll be behind the Patreon wall. You can go to patreon.com forward slash menace to sports and sign up for the $10 a month package or any of the ones above that. And you will get access to all the videos we do. So that's all I got for you. Menace out. Menace out.